0: Christmas songs, I was thinking today as I got ready to talk to you, Christmas is like the only holiday that has its own playlist. All the other holidays, songless pretty much, uh, but Christmas is just uh, got all kinds of great music. It's, uh, it's fitting because as one of the songs goes, it is one of the most wonderful times of the year, I mean truly. From the time that I was a little kid and I knew about Christmas, I just looked forward to it every year. Like as soon as it got over, I was like, how many days? How many days until next Christmas? Because this time is awesome. I mean, starts off, you get out of school. Come on. Like two weeks. Right in the middle of the year. That's a Christmas present right there. And then you come home, and your house just looks different and smells different. There's a tree in the corner where the couch used to be. And there's lights on the outside of the house. Make sure you take them down, or the HOA will call. <laughs> there's, uh, there's gifts. I remember going under the tree, and... Uh, Uh, Before it got outlawed, it got outlawed in my house. We used to shake the gifts. Somebody a gift shaker? Yeah, I I used to shake the gifts, but then those got put in the timeout closet, and you just prayed that they came out for Christmas. But uh, I used to shake the gifts because I would want to guess what was inside, right? When I wasn't allowed to touch them, I would just try to, uh, you know, size them up. Were the, you know, roughly the size of what I had circled in the catalog? That's an old statement for some of us, but uh, (laughs) were are they roughly that size? I always, I always knew the bogus gifts too. They didn't have a box. They're always like, you know, wrapped up, kind of like soft edges. Those were the underwear and the socks. just, you know, (laughs) save those for last. You don't want to open those until the end. Parents always try to sneak in one of those utilitarian gifts. (laughs) But still, you got gifts for doing nothing. I mean, you just kind of showed up outside of, you know, your living room, and there was a tree, and there was gifts, and what a great day. There's family. For most of us, that's a, a good thing. Uh. But, but family would gather. I picked up my father-in-law and, uh, yesterday morning, and, and uh, my, my two kids who are living in other parts of Florida came in Saturday night. We're going to have a full house tomorrow. And it's, it's so great just to be able to stop and hang and enjoy. And the food! Oh, come on! I mean, we eat stuff at Christmas that we would just would never eat otherwise. I mean, and, and we give ourselves a break every time. Like last night, we were doing the cookies. We do these Christmas cookies, you know, the sugar cookies with the icing on them. I mean, I, we we would glaze and or, or ice and, and and sprinkle, and it was like. One for the tray, one for me. I mean, it just kept going, you know. Just, and, uh, and there's always room for cookies. It's amazing. Cookies and cake and candies. I got a whole table in my office filled with uh, people racing me with carbs. I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's an amazing time of the year, uh, an amazing time every year. Uh, but I'm grateful that we're hanging out in this room, because at least in this room, even as we celebrate those other things, and please go enjoy those, uh, those things after we're done. Uh, but, but in this room, in this hour, we can pause, and if at no other time, I pray there's other times, but if at no other time in this season, we, we get to stop and do this, we get to do this right now. We get to stop and remember what this is really all about. It's a holy night. I would say the holiest of nights. Because uh, uh, if it's not for Christmas, the, the rest of the New Testament doesn't get written. Like, if Jesus isn't born, Jesus doesn't live. And if Jesus doesn't live, he doesn't die. And if he doesn't die, he doesn't rise again. And if he doesn't rise again, we've got nothing to put our faith in. We can all go home. But Christmas did happen. And for the 2,000-some-odd years that we've been celebrating, this day of days, it's been right for us to do so. Because, as the Scriptures are going to tell us here in just a second, God came to be with us. He, Jesus, is Emmanuel. God with us Some of you might say wait a minute. We had to wait for Jesus to come for God to be with us I think mark if you're you know really checking your theology God is always with us I mean from the time that he created us He's been with us and I would have to agree with you In fact, I've been taught in my seminary classes that God is omnipresent. He's always there And that is certainly the case as our creator. He has always been in our proximity yeah, regardless of if uh, you're, you're someone in here tonight who believes in God or believes that uh, his son is Jesus, you know, he, here's what we who do believe in him understand about him. He, 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 he believes in you, and, and he is with you in a general sense. He's with everybody, all seven point whatever billion of us. God is with in a general sense. But Jesus came so that God could be with us in a more specific sense, in a more intimate sense. He, he wanted to bridge the gap that had been created by you and me through our sins. See, from the first people, Adam and Eve, uh, uh, sin came into the world. They decided to uh, worship themselves and the created things that God had made rather than God the creator himself. And so sin, the Bible tells us, created this rift, this chasm between us and our God and so even though he was with us and he made the sun to rise and shine on the wicked and the righteous he, he wasn't with us in the relational sense of the word you know it's possible for us to be with someone and not really be with someone everybody knows that right it's totally possible for us to be with someone I mean I mean look around your 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 rows I mean you're with other people that you might not even know I mean if you're sitting next to someone you don't know just stare him right in the eye and be like I don't know you hi you're near them, but you're not with them. It's like when I walk up to a a, a, a podium in a restaurant. I'm going to sign my family up to be seated, and, and they're waiting off in the couches. Uh, I'm the one who's sent to put our name in. I, I arrive at the podium at the same time as another guest has come to put their name in. A, a lady, perhaps my my age, and, and and we stand next to each other and wait for the attention of the hostess. And when she finally sees us, what does she say? Table for two. Now, I've never once said, "Hey, great idea. Hi, I'm Mark. How you doing?" And and and. <laughs> and sat down with a complete stranger, I always say, no, 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 I'm so sorry. I know she was standing next to me, and you might think that we're together because we arrived at your booth together, but I'm actually with those people over there. I'm sure she's with her people over there. Why don't you serve her first, and she can sit down, and then we'll sit down after. Otherwise, it's weird, right? you got to do it that way. (laughs) Proximity doesn't necessarily mean intimacy. I was in uh, Dallas, Texas some 20 years ago I was a youth pastor at the time. I was sitting at one of my favorite taco joints, and I was sitting there, and my buddy who was eating tacos with me that day reached over touched my arm, and he said, don't look back, but look back. Has anybody ever been told by one of your friends to do that? Make it look like you're not looking, but turn around. And sitting right behind me, he had just sat down at this table, uh, was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Troy Aikman. Yeah, no, that's what I said. Uh, Woo, wow. He's close. Like, he was literally 6 to 12 inches from my shoulder, my left shoulder, Almost touched Troy's right shoulder. It was amazing. <laughs> and if you're, you know, in a, tech, you know, Texas is a football crazy state. It was, it was like wow. And and, and this was back before. It, it would have been great if we were in an age where there was actually uh, photo, you know, abilities in your phones. Because I would have had my friends, you know, get up and and just, just so I could post it, you know, on on social media. Just, you know, stand up and and I would hold the taco and smile like this, and I'd have him say Troy like really loud, and then Troy would turn around to see what who was who's yelling his name, and it, it would look like we were together having tacos. I mean, <laughs> And then I could have posted it and I could have shown you, you know, from my photo roll over and over again. Yeah, me and Troy, we're buds, but would it be true? No. I sat close to him for about 30 minutes. But he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Uh, I think you can come and sit in God's house. And sit close to a lot of people he does know well, but you may not know him at all. He knows you. He made you. He made you for him. But because you haven't understood Christmas and its true meaning that Jesus came to be God with us, you haven't moved past proximity with your God. You know, uh, it's possible to be with someone and not really know someone, but Jesus came as God with us so that we could be with God. I've been reading this text. This whole month as we've gone through this series called Emmanuel, God With Us, Uh, it came from this text in Matthew chapter 1 that describes the Christmas story. It's pulled from the account that uh, teaches us who Joseph was. The earthly father of Jesus was this guy, Joe. He was betrothed to be married to uh, Jesus' mother, Mary. And uh, when he found out that Mary was pregnant... well. You can just kind of read what happens. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Jothas, Joseph, those are hard words to say together. Before they came together, uh, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he says to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus' name means. God saves. What a great name. If you're Joshua, that's the same name as Jesus. Yeshua, God saves. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This was ripped right from the Pages of Isaiah's prophecy in your Old Testament. Hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, Isaiah said this, Behold, the virgin, virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God. With us, That's what the word Emmanuel means, God, God with us. Jesus had his first name, his, his root name, which was Jesus, God saves. But he was called many other things. And in, in this prophecy, Isaiah, Isaiah said, hey, listen, this, this child is going to be born of a virgin. And, and, and he's going to fulfill his purpose by being God with us. God with us so that we can be with God. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came as one of us to connect us to the God who made us uh, by bridging the gap that sin had created between us and the Father. In light of this truth you know, that Jesus came to be God with us, uh, to be our go-between, our connector, how should we then live? How, how should you and I live? Well, we should try to answer this question for sure. I, I know that Jesus came so that God could be with us. I know that God is with us in, a, in, a, in a, an approximate sense. Am I with God? Am I with God? I know many of you would answer that question uh, with a yes. And I, I know you from being around here at this church, I, I could attest to your faith. Uh, Be even those of us who follow in faith, we, we still have days where it's like, man, am I with God today? In this relationship, am I with God? In this situation, am I going to walk out what he says to do in, in life? Am I with God, even as I know I am eternally his by faith? Some of you are sitting here tonight and you're just here because this is part of the process. This is part of your program when you come to this part of the country to open presents with your neighbors or friends or whoever you're hanging out with. Uh, if you want to open this stuff tomorrow, you've got to come here tonight. Thanks for coming. Glad you made it. And even if this is one of the, you know, I don't know how many obligatory sermons you've heard me preach, I hope you hear this in a different way than you heard the other ones. I want you to know Jesus came so that God could not just be with us, around us, in, a, in an approximate sense, but he came so that we might be with him an intimate relationship. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you'll find him. In fact, that's God's great wish for us. Not just at Christmas, but always. Has anybody uh, formed a, a list for Christmas gifts? Anybody do that this year? Did anybody that loves you say, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Who's gotten that question? Anybody gotten that question? I live for that list if, as a gift giver. I love giving gifts, but I, I hate giving the lame gift. Who's ever given the lame gift? Like you thought for sure this was going to be the one that just made their Christmas, and they're like, meh. So I always try to pay attention. Even if they're not, like, formally creating a list for me, I try to listen. Uh, you know, I can't tell you many times Eleanor owner has said, oh, I would love one of those, and I've taken my phone out, and I've gone to my notes app, and I've been like, because mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make the list right. When I was a kid, I would I would spend hours poring over my list. we t- we take out this thing called the Sears Robot Catalog, and uh, this is back before computers, and you know the Earth crust was still hardening, but hardening. But uh, um, we would actually take this book that had pictures in it, and I'd circle pictures of the toys I wanted—G.I. Joes when they were tall, not short—and and, and uh, you know the, the the ilk, those kinds of things. And I would just hope that they would appear under my tree. My 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 own children, uh, as as they you know were coming up, uh, they they were born in the age of. Computer technology, and so they would go online, and, and they would actually leave me, you know, email hints, and they would compose these elaborate lists that had, you know, bold letters for the things that they really wanted, and and pictures, and actual links that I could click on, click on, and buy it right now if I so chose. Very, very uh, persuasive stuff. Um, God has wishes for us, hopes for us. He He does what He does in His story with us, so that we might. Find him, follow him. That's the chief end of his his Christmas wish. Uh, I want to share with you three things that he, he hopes for us to find uh, in a book that's a little bit back in the back of your Bibles. It's a book called Hebrews. It's not typically brought up at Christmas. Not a lot of Christmas stories in Hebrews, but it's an incredible book. It's it's written to Hebrews. That's why it's called Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews is an ever name for Jewish people, and, and, and there were Jewish people back in the first century church who had found faith in Jesus Christ. And, and even as they had begun following him and, and seeking to be intimate with God through faith in Christ, they had started wondering if this is really going to work, if this is really the best way for me to do this. They had been told by a lot of their old friends, it's not the right way to do it. You should be you know, Jewish first. And so they had basically returned to their Jewish faith. And the writer of Hebrews had written an argument as to why they should stick with Jesus. He said, listen, everything that you do in your religion is essentially fulfilled in Christ. Like, he, like you want to be able to connect with God. And in the Jewish religion, the only way you could do that at the time was to it's go through the high priest. You had to go to the temple and make a sacrifice and, and have the high priest give it on your behalf. And, and, and Hebrews teaches us that Jesus is our high priest. And we don't have to go to the temple or to some other dude. He says, you, you think you should you know, make sacrifices of animals and, and, and of, of, of you know, plants and, and other things that are prescribed for in the, in the Mosaic law and in the, in the ceremonial law of, of the Old Testament. And, and, and you think that that's the best way, but Jesus came to replace all those sacrifices with his sacrifices, not just our high priest. He's our sacrifice. It's a great book. You should read it. But I just want to share with you three verses here in the book of Hebrews that basically outlined for us not just God's Christmas wish, but his hopes for us. In verse 14, it says this. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. His name is Jesus. He's the Son of God. Let me cover that real quick. Basically, it's this picture of Christmas. He just, he just played out for us in words what happened at Christmas. Jesus, the Son of God, came From the heavens through the heavens and he arrived at earth he was born in a manger in a little town called Bethlehem in Israel and he put on flesh it tells us in John chapter 1 that that Jesus um, became flesh and dwelt among us he came through the heavens on his way down to earth he he left here after living for some 33 years and, and dying on a cross and resurrecting from the grave he hung up for 40 days after his resurrection it tells us in the scriptures and then he went back through the heavens to go and prepare a place for those who have faith in him. He came to and went back to the heavens. He's our great high priest. He's Jesus, the Son of God. And since we have such a great high priest, the writer of Hebrews says, hey man, if you can put that verse back up there for me. Hey man, let's hold fast to our confession. The first wish that God has for us at Christmas and always is that we'd find faith in him and then hold on. For everybody who came in here and you've had your doubts or maybe you grew up in a bad, you know, uh, church situation as a kid and, and you've kind of just been out since then or maybe you went to college and all your professors, you know, like some of the people that I've talked to told me that the God thing is just a, a, a crutch for you, to, you know, the, the weak to lean on and, and so you've in- intellectually reasoned God away. Whatever your case is, whatever your situations are, my prayer is that you'll find faith You'll find faith in the God who made you and in his son. For those of you who have found faith, here's here's what the the commendation is. Let us hold fast. What a great line. Hold on. Anybody ever been told to hold on? Yeah, when when you find faith in Jesus, you're supposed to hold on. Hold on to your faith. Don't let it go. Hold on to your faith because your faith is going to lead you into amazing things. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, one of the times that my mother told me to hold on was the first time I rode a horse. There's reins on that thing and a horn on the saddle. And she said, okay, Mark, you're going to love this, but you're going to need to hold on. It's going to be so much fun. You're not going to want to let go. She was right. If you want to ride a horse and stay on, you hold on. Next time I heard it, when something really great was going to happen, was when I was learning how to water ski. That That is totally a hold on endeavor. Like, you don't water ski except that you hold on. As soon as you stop holding on, you're not water skiing anymore. And so... I'm sitting back there and the boat's, okay, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, whatever you do, don't let go. Which, if you've ever learned to water ski, kind of good advice. Uh, if you get over your skis, it's bad advice because you're just going to drink the lake. But, uh, <laughs> but if you want to ski, you hold on. Now listen, good things happen when you hold on. And certainly in the Christ life, there's all kinds of amazing things happen as we hold on to our faith. If we let go too soon, we won't realize those amazing things. But a lot of times god wants, god wants us to hold on uh knowing that something's gonna hurt so that we can get to the good ever been told that hold on it's gonna hurt yeah in fact uh i, I sat in the uh, delivery room with my wife for the delivery of all three of our children. It's one of the most amazing miracles i've ever seen uh, those of you who've had the experience of doing that uh, but i didn't do anything <laughs> uh, in the delivery room i was completely useless except for one thing i would feed her the ice chips Okay? And then I would kneel down by her bed and pray, whisper prayers in her ears and then I would let her hold my hand. And at different times during the process the, the tensile grip of my wife increased to the point where as, as she was you know, giving birth to our children in the most painful moments I thought she was going to rip my arm out of its socket. Right? But I just kept telling her, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Hold on. Because at the end of this we're going to have Ben. At the end of this, we're going to have Coop. At the end of this, Kai will be born. Yeah. Sometimes God tells you to hold on. It's going to hurt for a while, but at the end, it's going to be amazing. Just got to stay in there. And who's been told this? You better hold on for dear life. <laughs> who's ever gotten that one? Yeah. Like if you don't, if you don't hold on, bad things await you. And sometimes that's how the Christ life feels, right? Like you don't know which ends up. You don't know what's coming in your future. You don't know how to handle what you don't know how to handle. And God's commendation to us over and over again it says, hey, hold on to your confession. Hold on to your faith. You know, a lot of times Christians have a faith that's kind of like, okay, I'll try everything out. And when all else fails, then I'll... I'll tap Jesus into the ring It's like we're wrestling and he's our partner but I submit to you that that's not how the Christ life should be at all it shouldn't be when all else fails it should be that because all else fails I'm going to Jesus first I'm gonna hold on to him God's wish for us is that we'd find faith in him and hold on the next verse says this verse 15 for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect uh, has been tempted just as we are, and yet he's done it without sin. The second thing that God wants us to understand at Christmas and always his wish for us is that we'd find comfort in the fact that he gets us. Who likes to be around people that get them? It's just easier, isn't it? Anybody try to be funny around people who don't think you're funny? I have. It's not fun at all. You keep telling jokes. I mean, they're killer. Like your friends would totally laugh. But the people that you're, yeah, tough crowd. The people that you're with are like. And you just want to leave. You ever talk to someone who's trying to comfort you in a situation? You're like, you don't know me. You don't know what's going on with me. But then someone else who does know you, someone who's done life with you, they come to the scene, and all of a sudden you're crying like a baby and holding on to them. It's because you like to be with people who get you when life happens. And life happens. get this, this Jesus who came so that he could be God with us so that we could be with God, this Jesus gets us like nobody else does. He gets us because he made us, that's that's a whole other sermon, but God and Jesus are our creators. They they are one, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and the Bible teaches us that we're all there at creation and they're all there at our creation and so he gets us because he made us. But he doesn't just get us because he made us. He gets us because he became like us. Jesus put on flesh and he walked this world. And he went through the same struggles and trials and temptations and difficulties and pains that you and I do. He went through worse. He, He didn't eat for 40 days and then was tempted by Satan himself. I've never had that one. He was asked by God to give his life as a sacrifice so that the whole world can be saved from the sins. haven't been called on that one yet. He went through so much so that when we go to him, it's, it's not like he's He's just, yeah, I made you, I know how that works. Yeah, I'm some kind of aloof, faraway God who's deity and not connected with, no, I've I've walked where you've walked. I've felt what you've felt. I've been where you've been. And we can find comfort in that. We need to find faith in him. Hold on. We need to find comfort in the fact that he gets us. And then verse sixteen comes, and it says this: Then let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. A couple words pop out of that verse for me. Let us then, with confidence. You know the Jews who are getting this this letter from whoever wrote it. Uh, We're we're getting uh, this letter, having come up in a a faith in in the Jewish religion where they didn't have a a confidence to go before God. In fact, if they wanted to connect with God with all, they got to go through that high priest thing again, right? But the writer of Hebrews says, hey man, we don't need to do it anymore. We don't need to go through someone else. We can with confidence because of Christ, our high priest, go straight to the throne, straight to the father and receive from him his mercy and his grace and get the help that we need. The third thing that God hopes for us, not just at Christmas, but his wish for us always is that we'd find help from him in our times of need, that we'd find mercy. That comes in the form of things like forgiveness. Has anybody ever needed to be forgiven? Just me. Okay, well, if you ever do need forgiveness, rest assured, Jesus has made it possible that you don't need to go to a temple, you don't need to go to a church, you don't need to go to a pastor, you can go straight to God and say, God, forgive me. And he'll give you forgiveness. If you've ever been out of sorts with God or with someone else, God can restore and bring things back to normal. That's what mercy does. It brings things back to normal. But he doesn't stop there. He gives us his grace. Grace is stuff that we have a hard time imagining, things that go beyond what we sense we need. God is a lavisher of his blessings and his grace upon us. He does it all because Jesus came to be God with us so that we could be with God. Are you with God? I know many of you are. If you're not, you know my prayer for you. You don't know me. My name is Mark. Hi. Thank you. As someone who follows Jesus Christ, my hope for everybody in this room who doesn't yet is that you will discover, like so many of us in here, the joy of your salvation. That you'll understand that this Christmas thing, it's not Trees and trimmings and food and family and gifts and gatherings and all. It's, it's, it's the commemoration of the greatest moment in human history. God entered the fray. Became one of us. So that he could die for us. And so that through him we could have life. I pray that all of you come to that understanding and you put your faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that all of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ would hold fast to that faith. That all of us would take comfort in the fact that Jesus knows us and we can trust him in everything in life. And he wants to help us. He came as God with us so that we could be with God. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, it's been a great Christmas Eve, a great chance to just um, stop down as a church and sing your songs and listen to them be sung. It's a great chance to open your word and be reminded of, you know, the truth behind this night and tomorrow is a day. It is a a holy night. It is an amazing day because it's the day that we remember how you began your plan of redemption through your son. He was born just like any of us so that he could live and die and rise again so that we could live through him. I pray that you'd help us um, along the way in becoming all that you wish us to be. Help us to find faith and hold, hold on. Help us to find comfort in the fact that Jesus knows us better than anyone. Help us to find our help from you when we need it. Thanks again for sending your son. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I pray that God speaks to you in this time. Uh, We are going to close our service like we always do. Uh, We're going to sing Silent Night. It's a a solemn time of remembrance and gratitude. And so uh, we light some candles, not literal candles. You actually find some bags at the end of your aisles. You might have to move a little bit to find the bag. But uh, if you can just pass that bag down, we have these cool, non-flammable... Yeah, I know everybody who likes fire always gets disappointed when I say that, but it keeps the fire marshal happy. Now yeah, they kind of light up like this. You're figuring out there's a little switch at the bottom. If you could pass those quickly, we're going to sing and let you go. I want to uh, just ask you for the sake of future Christmas Eve services. <laughs> we love you, and we love to give whatever we can to you. We don't want to give you these lights. Can you give them back, please? We'll have uh, people collecting them at the doors as you leave. They'd love to take those from you. If your kids have them, make sure they get uh, back to us, if you will. But let's, let's, let's stand together. And on this Christmas Eve, this night that we remember the birth of our Savior, let's recognize that it's a holy night and lift him up in song and praise. Christmas, everyone. May God give you a great night. May God give you a great tomorrow. May God give you all that he intends for you. And may you have peace with him through Christ. Have a great week. Come back next time and we'll uh, continue to worship God together. You're not going to want to miss it. God bless you as you go. Merry Christmas one more time.